thank you, God, for this day, for every plan and purpose that you've ordained for this day, for every person that you have decided would come to you today. We thank you for them right now. God, for every heart that's being made merry, we thank you for it. For every body that's made complete and whole, we thank you for it right now. We thank you for just coming in and moving on this congregation, opening the eyes of their understanding so that they might understand what the hope of their calling is. We thank you for that. We thank you now, God, for your soon coming return where we can once again be united with you and those of our families and friends who we love and who love you. So God, we ask now, let your kingdom come in this place as your will is being done in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Amen. <clears throat> you have your Bibles this morning. Go with me to Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12. I just want to look at one verse today, just one verse. Verse 6, the Bible says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Amen? Amen. I want to talk to you this morning on this thought. Diversity of function. Diversity of of function. You can be seated. Now thus far we have gone uh, this year we've gone into trying to reorient or reset your thinking about church. Uh, <laughs> some of you are happy, some not so happy. That's okay. The fact is whether you agree or not I still want you to know the truth. Amen. Now, the, the truth you choose is on you. Uh, but I'm going to give you what thus said the Lord. Amen. Amen. So Paul here in uh, this 12th chapter of Romans has told us that uh, in order for us to be different, we have to have a renewal of our mind. And then we said that after our minds are renewed, the first thing he said is you need to settle down. Don't be thinking that you're something when you're not. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Come on. And then he goes on to tell us that we need to be able, and this is where he starts in verse 16, we need to be able to exercise our God-given abilities for spiritual service. And the problem is, is that when we hear the word exercise, we already turn off. <laughs> because exercise means I got to do something. <laughs> but let me say this at the beginning, and I'll keep talking about it through the message. The amount of faith that you exercise, it will, will be in direct proportion to what your abilities are in the kingdom. If you have great faith and don't exercise it, your work in the kingdom will be minuscule. But you can have little faith, exercise the little you have, and be great in the kingdom. All right? And we want to set that up at the beginning because when the Bible talks about uh, God has given each one of us the measure of faith, 
we think that we need a certain amount to be like somebody else. Amen. You know, when you see that word measure, you think, uh, I, I need a little more faith because, you know, so-and-so can pray better than I, so-and-so can sing better than I, or whatever, <clears throat> whatever the situation is. We always think that we didn't get a full measure. question is, uh, it's like having a, 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 a car with a full tank of gas. The tank is full, but you're not driving anywhere because you're trying to save the gas. <laughs> Amen. So you're not, <clears throat> excuse me, you're not maximizing the gift that God has given you. Because you're saving that gas just in case, <clears throat> you know, you might need to go somewhere. I know y'all laughing, <clears throat> but you understand that's how we live. We're always preparing for a rainy day. And the fact is, it's raining every day. Somewhere. Amen. All right, let's move on here. He says he built this principle. He says we have different gifts, but not all have the same function. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and uh, 4, he says there are diversities of gifts, many gifts, but the same spirit. One spirit operates all the gifts. Amen. One spirit operates all the gifts. So the Bible says that uh, we have different gifts in the church. Each one of you has a different gift, but not all of you can have the same function. Amen. The Bible says there is unity and diversity within the church. Now, you're not we're none of us are called to be individualists. And I know some of us like to do it our own way and want to be long ranges. The problem with the body of Christ is that uh, it only works as we submit to one another. Uh, we said to you the other week, that's called interdependency. If we don't submit to one another, then the body stops. Anything in your body that ceases to function rebels against the entire body. That's why we call sickness dis-ease. Because the body can't be at peace when a part doesn't function. Amen. Are y'all still with me? So the Bible says then, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that we're not to think of ourselves as our own. First Corinthians chapter six tells us that in verses 19 and 20. I won't read it to you, but you know what it says. You're not you're not your own. You are purchased possession. But then the Bible also says in uh, Romans 12 and five, very clearly that uh we being one body uh, in Christ or individually members of that body. So he's saying in Christ, you're special. You're an individual. Amen. In the body, you are part of the total body. Amen. Uh, so vertically, when we look to Jesus, you know, like we would love to do for everything, when we look to Jesus, <laughs> <we're> <laughs> now I said that jokingly because I say because we turned him for everything. As though he's not with you, you got to. Let me see if I can summon up some Jesus. Yeah, okay. Y'all don't do that, right? Yeah, you do all the time. So vertically, we're not our own because we belong to Christ. Uh, but horizontally, we belong to each other. So the body doesn't work unless, first of all, I'm connected to Christ. I'm connected to the head. And that connection to the head allows me to function in the body. I can't function in the body without the connection to the head. Amen. Now, back in the day, back in the day, back in the day, when we used to kill chickens, Y'all don't know nothing about that. I understand that. But there were two ways that we used to do it back in the hood. 
Now, if you were a practicing serial killer, you wring his neck. <laughs> but the rest of us used the hatchet. And we chopped the head off. And when we chopped the head off, what happened? The bodies just flip-flop everywhere. I wish I had a better example. I wish I was younger so I could come up with some stuff that y'all do. <laughs> but I don't want y'all killing anything, so suffice to say that uh, when we killed chickens, you had to take the chicken and then put it somewhere. And what we used to do is put it in a barrel and cover it up so the chicken... My point being <laughs> that a body is in disarray if the head's not functioning. Amen. 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 So you have to be connected vertically, ver vertically and horizontally in order to be able to function. Amen. So we have gifts and we have different gifts, the Bible says, but if the gifts aren't blended into one body, then the body still does not function. Now, somebody said, well, I don't matter. I'm just a little something, something, I, you know. The fact of the matter is that if your gift is, let's try this one. Good gift, exhortation. Hmm? What does that require you to do? Yeah, okay. <laughs> but suppose I just need a smile. And if that is your gift, you can empower me to be a better person today because you gave me that one little smile. But when your gift is misused and you turn that little smile upside down, you still influence my day. But you take me and the rest of the body on a different course because we can't fulfill our function because we're concerned about you. Now, somebody said, well, that doesn't really matter. I, you know, we keep going. Well, I tell you what. If your finger was severed and lying on the floor, I promise you, you would not be thinking about paying the rent, visiting the sick, come on, fasting. The only concern you have right now is that appendage on the floor. The very smallest thing. Sometimes your whole day can be disrupted with a hangnail. Amen. Amen. I, I, it probably affects men more than women because every time you put your hand in your pocket, you go, mm. you are reminded. <laughs> Come on. So the Bible says then, uh, <laughs> and, and you know, this is so simple, but we, we, we stumble over it. But the Bible says that uh, we have to love one another as we love ourselves in order to be able to function as part of the body. Because, again, if there's parts of your body that doesn't like you, you've been in a pretty bad situation if your hand did not like you and just kept slapping you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but the emphasis is not so much here on uniformity, but on diversity. Every complete organism must be of diverse parts that function as a whole. Amen. So the Bible says then uh, that the various parts that work together in Christ, again, properly submitted to the head, this, this body then functions uh, as a whole, and the whole purpose of that body is to create miracles. Amen. 
The miraculous happens when we're functioning as one. Now, we always use the term as kind of a, a, a buzzword around here that whatever we need is in the house. And the truth is that God has placed in the house everything that's necessary for life and godliness. But getting out of you what God has put into you is a difficult task. Now, uh, recent studies show that uh, only 15 percent of people in church are actually active participants in the church. 15 percent. If your body was only functioning at 15 percent, you would be in a coma. That explains it, right? You didn't get that. <laughs> now, the Bible says this, then, that uh, the church is crippled by the misuse or not use or the unwillingness to use the gifts that God has given it. In Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible says that the gifts were given for the equipping of saints for what? Work. Work. Amen. So the Bible is very clear on this. Now, when we work together, then uh, we exalt Christ. Amen. Nothing pleases him any more than seeing us on one accord, which is why the devil does the best he knows how to keep us at odds with one another. Any little thing that we can find that would, would, would cause us to keep our focus off of the unity of Christ, the devil will do it. Amen. A look, a feel, Amen. a thought. Amen. Amen. So let's go on and see what he says. Uh, he says that we are reminded that as part of the one body, we each have different gifts that come according to the grace that's given to us. The gifts are according to the grace that's given us. Uh, two terms he uses, charismata and charis. So it's the grace for the gift, the grace for the gift. We get grace for the gift that God gives us, but that grace is also for the exercise of that gift. The grace is for the gift, but it is also for the exercise of the gift. You cannot have a gift and not have an unction to function in that gift. And the reason that we don't function in that area is because most of the time it is fear. We say it's a lack of faith. It's not the lack of faith. It is fear. Fear prohibits the release of faith. Amen. And the biggest problem that we experience is it's not so much that we don't believe God. It's just that we are fearful that the that, uh, that the results we're looking for won't come. Amen. You know, when you when we talk about healing, we are fearful that when I finish praying and I finish believing that I'll still have the same issue. And the truth is that you still have the issue until you believe you don't have the issue. But if you continue to believe you have the issue, guess what you have? So we choose to. Uh, and I don't know if the word I'm looking for is, is, is walking unbelief or it's, it's called lazy faith. where We just won't do anything. Amen. But now here's what Romans says in chapter 11, verse 29. He says, the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. So as God has given you a gift, it's going to work. Amen. If you work it. Amen. Did you understand that? If God has given you a gift, the gift will work if 
First Peter chapter four, verse 10 says this, as each one has received a gift. Is that you? Minister it to one another. Why? Because we're good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Are y'all still with me? So we have to understand that if we if, if we are going to do this, the Bible says that there are three things that should be emphasized. Number one, we have we all have gifts. Everybody's got a gift. Number two, the gifts are different with each one of us. Now, listen to me, because I know we, we are we're literal thinking people. When I say the gifts are different in each one of us, it means that we can both have the same gift, but that gift will be different in me than it is in you. Amen. You understand? Know if, uh, if Shekinah sings, that's a gift. If I sing, that's a tragedy. <laughs> so we, we both have the gift of singing. Mine may be to repel <laughs> where hers is. <laughs> and number three, the thing we have to remember is that all gifts come from God. And, and, and uh, I think sometimes we think that God doesn't know what he's doing because he gave me this gift and you know I can't do that. Sure you can. So the, the gifts were uh, <laughs> yeah, I hear y'all thinking that. Yeah, I, I can't do that. Uh, the gifts were intended to be held in a common trust. In other words, uh, the gift is so that each member can contribute to all the needs of the other. In other words, I have a gift. My gift is dependent upon you. And I'm holding my gift till you reach the point that I can use it for you. Oh, oh, okay. The Bible says that a child cannot inherit, so he needs a guardian. The guardian holds the gift for the child in trust until the child comes of age. And what happens is that the gift that's given to God, uh, even as, as immature saints, we receive it, we have it, it is fully operational. And it is fully able to complete whatever God called us to do. But sometimes it is non-functioning because I have to wait or you have to wait until we all grow up together. Until we come to a place where you are at the point that you can receive. Okay, back verse six, he says this. If your gift is prophecy, if your gift is prophecy, then you have to be able to release what God has given you. Sometimes when we release what God has given us, we get big headed. Now a prophet that nobody wants to hear is still a prophet, but he's not an effective prophet because nobody wants to hear. Are you with me? So in order for a gift to work, it takes two things. It takes humility and power. It takes humility and power. I get both from the Holy Spirit. So he gives me power to do, gives power to the faint. But I have to be submitted. That's my humility. If I'm not submitted to Christ, I don't have any power in my gift. But I still have the gift because the gift is, that, is without repentance. But it's not working because I won't work the gift. Yeah. So it takes faith and love to make my gift function. And if I don't put the two together then I have it, but I can't use it. Amen. So I inherited a car, but I'm only 10 years old. 
my car. I own it, but I can't drive it. Nope. And what happens when a 10-year-old tries to drive a car? I mean, the answer's obvious, right? <laughs> and this is why we have to have balance in exercising the gift. Now, if I can sing like a songbird, but every time I get up, I've got to sing you into some kind of frenzy, that's misuse of my gift. If I sing, it should be for me. And you enjoy it because I enjoy it. Yeah. Because you sing the verse 50 times is not going to make me get happy. Same thing. If the I hate to use this one. If the preacher preaches too long. <laughs> now, I don't know any like that. I want to tell you right up front. I, I don't know any like that. <laughs> but if and I was to meet one. <laughs> you understand. Amen. <laughs> so the Bible says then that uh, we have a gift that also uh, uh, commands us to have a shared responsibility in how we use it. The gift is to contribute to the needs of all the others. And in return for the gift, uh, we receive from the others mutual interdependence. In other words, if I do my job right, then I should receive back from you service from the body. See, I'm still working on it. <laughs> so this unity, uh, which is spiritual, is only possible because members are in Christ. If we are not serving the same God, then we can't function as the same body. Yeah. That's why the Bible says you can't yield your members to the devil. Amen. Because now we're not functioning the same body. Amen. If Satan is operating in me, that means that the body has an infection. Amen. It's something in me that shouldn't be there. Amen. And until I get it out of me, I'm going to continue to have problems. Amen. Hello. Let me say that again, because I don't think you heard what I said. You're going to continue to have problems until you get the infection out. And most of us uh, don't believe that we are infected. It's just life. That's just stuff that just happens. No, nothing just happens. Amen. So the Bible goes on to say that if, if we're going to function then as a body and we've got to make sure that we're both connected to the same head. Amen. Amen. So that's why Paul threw in the other part earlier about boasting. You can't boast about a gift that you receive. Let me try it on the side. You, you can't boast about a gift that you receive because you didn't create the gift. Amen. It was given to you by Christ. And remember what we said in first Peter, you are a steward of the gift that he gave you. So it's his gift, even though he gave it to you because he gave it to you for his body. But it's his gift. That's why in Ephesians chapter four, he says that uh, uh, he has given some to be apostles, prophets, whatever. He's given the gifts are given to us so that we could use them for the body. Amen. So. The first thing you need to internalize is you are a gift to the body of Christ. You, you are. Amen. And because you are a gift to the body, each one of you should be making a contribution to the body. Amen. 
there's not a thing in the body of Christ or the local church that should be undone because you are unable to function in the gift that you were given. Go with me. And for all those people that still have that little bubble on their head, say, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Well, here's what you do. Keep doing something till you stumble on the thing. Amen. You know, in a house, if you, if you live in a house, I think most of us live in some kind of dwelling. There's always stuff to be done. And if you decide in your house that uh, my job, my calling is to wash dishes. I don't clean. I don't wash any clothes. I don't cook. But if a dirty dish happened to creep up in here, I'm going to wash it. Your house is going to be a mess. And the reason your house is going to be a mess is because you capitalize on that one thing. And that one thing only. So your house is not complete because gifts need to be diverse. Amen. If you're going to keep a good house, you got to do all of that. You got to cook, clean, wash the dishes. All the stuff that, you know, you do in a house. And that's why I say sometimes in the body of Christ, we don't know what we're supposed to be doing. But if we start practicing, I might mop the floor today. I might wash the dishes tomorrow. I might do it. And one day I say, you know what? I'm pretty good at this dishwashing thing. So I tell you what, I'm going to make a deal with you. You take care of the floor. I'm going to take care of the dishes. This is how we get a body. To function. This is what your brain does while, you know, we can walk and chew chewing gum. Because I put my foot out there and guess what? The other one said, oh, let's go. We're going somewhere. Huh? We're going somewhere. And if one decides I ain't going. It's going to be a mess up here. Amen. And see, you know, (laughs) it's like (laughs) it's like the confusion you see when a person. Y'all, you got to put your minds at work when you see a person who just walked into a spider web. (laughs) Because you didn't see it. All you see is them. (laughs) And the first thing you think, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Because the body is no longer coordinating. So the, body, uh, the Bible says there's no room for comparison or pride uh, between related members of the same organism. There's no fight. There's no fight between my right and left arm. Amen. I'm going to try to keep them, you know, connected as much as I can. All right. But it would be unwise, unreasonable for God to give the same gift to everybody. Because now everybody wants to do the same thing. And the problem with the church is that most people gravitate toward what they believe are the most prominent gifts. And because they gravitate toward those gifts, they don't do the things that make the body function. Everybody wants to say something. Everybody wants to have a speaking gift. And because you want a speaking gift, you ain't got a working gift. You don't have a working gift, and church don't function. Amen. Mm. That don't mean y'all can't say amen. I mean, it's quieting right down. <laughs> so the Bible says that because we're all dealt the same uh, gifts, each member needs to exercise humbly and contently that gift which God has proportioned out to them. So I have to retain my place in the body. I have to retain my place in the body. I have to retain my place in the body. Why do I need to do this? Because the longer I stay rooted and grounded, the more comfortable I become with the body and the more 
comfortable I become with my body, the more functional I become as part of the body. When a baby learns how to walk, it requires his entire body to be coordinated. The more he gets his body to function as one, the more he can walk. The more he the more he walks, the better he gets at it. Now he can run and not stumble. Y'all with me? When we're placed in the body, it means that the longer we stay placed, <laughs> the more room we have to grow. If you are in the body long enough, you will begin to see what needs are there. A visitor can't tell what's under the surface. You all know the analogy about the swan on the lake. That swan, is he's working like a dog, but he just kind of looks like it's just smooth sailing. But you don't know what's in his, under there where his feet are. Because mm-hmm. the lake is pristine, but the bottom is the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. You'll get that later. You'll see what he's paddling in. Mm. Okay. So then, y'all subdued today. (laughs) All right, I have skipped some of this then. Let's go back to the exercise again. The how much you exercise a gift determines how good you are at that gift. It's not, quote, just the measure of faith, but it's also how much, I actually, how much time or energy I put into the gift. Amen? Uh, Hebrews chapter 5. And I read it to you because I didn't copy it for you. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14 says, But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use practice, exercise. What? have the senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So the Bible says that as I mature in Christ, I become more discerning, more understanding. I'm a better saint because I've grown up. And because I've grown up, I know how to use my gift so that it benefits the entire body. Amen. Amen. So let's go back to speaking gifts. If my gift is a speaking gift, when I was younger, I said what I thought. Mm -hmm. Amen. Hmm? But as I got older, I learned to say what I'm told. Do you understand the difference? Because I have a lot of thoughts about a lot of things. But as I got older, I realized that his ways are not my ways. So I can't say what I'm thinking. Hmm? (laughs) We have a tendency to, to believe that if the thought comes up, it ought to come out. Yeah. Y'all don't believe that? Y'all still lying, huh? Because <laughs> you know, you know, most time when we think it, but you get older. When I was a child, mm-hmm. but when I became a man, I put away childish things. And one of the most childish acts in the church is having to get somebody straight. Mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable unless I get you straight. 
And just so you know, getting somebody straight makes you crooked. Do, do we understand that? But we like to do it. Okay. Let's see if we can bring this to a close. <sighs> One thing God did from the beginning to now is he never made anything, anything perfectly equal. You want to write that down somewhere? Because <laughs> God never made anything equal. But somehow as people of God, we don't understand that premise that nothing is equal. Because if it's equal, if everybody has the same and can do the same, then we're all going to be exactly cookie cutters, versions of the other, and we can't function Unless there's some diversity. Amen. Let me make my one political point for today. That's why this country is in a mess, because everybody wants to be one way. We want one party to be in charge. We don't want to hear from the other party. We just want them to tell us what they think, and then we're going to try to make it happen. Never going to work. But you already know that. We can look at what's going on in America. We, we know that it doesn't work. There's got to be some dissenting voices, some... Uh, uh, concerned voices. There's got to be some diversity. Yeah. Amen? Amen? All right. So here's what the Bible says. God exercises uh, sovereignty and bestows his favor as he pleases so that it injures no one and confers favors on others. And he holds me responsible for the right use of what I have. Amen. He holds you responsible for the gift. Mm -hmm. Let me back up. Not just the gift, but the right use or the proper use Amen. of the gift that he's given you. Amen. But he doesn't hold me responsible for, what he, for the gift he gave to you. He only holds me responsible for the gift he gave to me. That's why you can't not like somebody because of their gift. Amen. Because it's their gift. Amen. You can't dislike me because of the house I live in or the car I drive or the clothes I wear or the food I eat. You can't because it's mine. Amen. You have a choice to buy whatever you want. Hmm? Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> Now, in closing, Paul was writing all of this because the church at Corinth had some real problems, as you already know. That's why he had to write all these correction letters, if you will. But the problem is the believers there were tearing down the ministry because they were abusing gifts. Now, this is what we said earlier. If you abuse a gift, it messes up everybody in the body. Amen. All right. Now, let's go to, to that first gift again because I haven't gotten to prophecy yet. But let me just say this. If the gift is prophecy and you have a prophecy for everybody, there's going to be a little problem. Because if you can prophesy to everybody, you will be prophesying to most people. Because that's not the way it works. The problem is that most of us don't understand that the gift of prophecy is not just foretelling, it is forthtelling. In other words, uh, uh, what we do here at Dayspring is called prophetic preaching. Y'all know, we do prophetic preaching. I don't say, thus saith the Lord, you know, no. I'm in the message, you get something, you say, hmm. Now, most times people get messed up because you know what they do, right? They get mad when they say, he talking about me. No, nah, I don't know anything about you. Can I give you a case in point last Sunday? I said something about oil in the van. I had I hadn't until the message was over. They said, "Well, that's what happened this morning." I didn't know that. <laughs> had no earthly idea. But that's what you call prophetic preaching. Yeah. So you hear it and you say, "Oh, oh, okay, okay." So it doesn't require you to stand up and keep calling out folk. 
Huh? Okay. So that's why he said they were abusing the gift and they saw that the gift was an end and not a means to building up the church. If the gift does not edify the body, then the gift is not properly functioning. Amen. Now, when gifts are misused, and we're going to close with Ephesians chapter four, when gifts are misused, they don't do what they were designed to do. If you do the wrong thing long enough, you lose spiritual grace. And if you lose the grace of God, guess what? Then here's what, what kind of problem we run into. The gifts are no longer operating according, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, to the, the Holy Spirit. They're not operating according to the gifts of the Spirit. Now in Ephesians, uh, went too far. In Ephesians chapter four, I, was, I just read a little bit to you before, but in verse 11 it says, and he himself gave some apostles, prophets, y'all know what the scripture says. And he says, uh, for the equipping of saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body. So we know that you got to work and the work that you do ought to be building up the body, right? Yeah. But look at verse 13. Till we all, that's what it says, right? Till we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to be a what? Perfect, that word is mature, perfect <clears throat> man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So what are we doing? We're growing up to him. We're growing up to be like him. We're growing up to the fullness of the head. In other words, Christ being the head of the church, the head of the body, he knows everything that we need and when we need it. We have to grow up to the place that we understand what he said to us. And he says to my arm what to do or my foot what to do. We have to grow up to the place that we acknowledge that he is directing. That's why I say now that I'm older, I do what I'm told. Not what I think. You understand? All right. All right. Stand up on your feet. Then. And next week, we'll get into some gifts. Yes, we all get mad then, right? Now, what is the exciting thing about gifts? Let me tell you what the exciting thing is about gifts with the church. And I hate to even say this before I get to talking about the gifts. The exciting thing about gifts with the church and the reason the church is so tempted to, to, to do the wrong thing is because we want somebody else to see what we're doing. Amen. <clears throat> Look at me. And the problem is, is that gifts are supposed to get you to look at him. And as long as you're trying to make sure that somebody sees you, you're going to abuse your gift. Remember we said in humility and strength. So we want to keep looking up so we can follow the head. Huh? Amen. A uh, little song we sing before we pray. <laughs> I like it because it's. Upbeat. Oh, this is this is an old praise song. I've got rivers of life. Y'all know how to do that one, right? All right. Let's do that before we pray. All right, come on.
Thank you, thank you, thank you. Understand what the song says. You have got rivers of life flowing out of you. The only way this river touches anybody is you let it flow. You let it flow. When it flows, it touches lives. And when lives are touched, they change. Amen? And what I want to do today is I want to pray for you because I want you to understand that nobody in the house today is without a gift. Amen. You are gifted. You are gifted. Uh, back in the day, I got to stop going back in the day because y'all can't go back there. <laughs> back in the day, Donnie Hathaway had a song called Young, Gifted, and Black. I kind of like that part. But, uh, <laughs> but some of us are still young in heart. <laughs> You're still young enough to do what Christ has called you to do. How about that? But you all have a gift. But you have to understand that the gift is to be surrendered to Christ. Let him order your steps. If he orders your steps, he will lead you in the direction. The direction that you need to go, which is all truth. But you must be able to surrender. So as we pray, Father, I thank you for the gifts that you've given this body. I thank you for empowering them to do the things that you've called them to do. God, I thank you for giving them a balanced understanding of who they are as saints of God so that they can fulfill every office in the church. And God, we thank you for it. We thank you even for vision so that they understand what is the hope before them. And God, we thank you for it. God, I release an anointing in this place right now that causes every person under the sound of my voice to have a balanced understanding of who they are in Christ. I have all power as I'm submitted to the all powerful one. And I thank you for that. Now, God, I'm asking that we be joined together for the making of one body to move forward in your kingdom. We thank you and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.